Well, I decided I wanted to share one more chapter with you all before I'm back live, back from being away for these two weeks from you. Uh, This particular chapter is trying to explain to people the real stakes of 2024, of what's happening right now, what we're facing if we don't change course. And if it was a rematch between Biden or any other Democrat and Trump, it's a no-brainer. It's Trump. All the way. 100% easy. Should be the easiest trigger to ever pull for Trump over any Democrat. Because if that doesn't happen, if this continues much longer, and it's already here, we are in an American dark age in which we are rapidly declining. And as I'll point out in this chapter, and I do throughout the book, if we don't address this and fix this and destroy and defeat the Democratic Party politically, America will be in a dark age. We will be observing, or our children will be observing the ruins of America like we observe the ruins of the Roman Empire. And I don't want that to be our fate. So without further ado, here is uh, one more chapter I'd like to share with you. Chapter 15, American Dark Age. While the Biden administration has already put America on the pathway to self-destruction, the re-election of Joe Biden or any other Democrat who might replace him threatens to plunge America into a new dark age, characterized by even more catastrophic economic, intellectual, and cultural decline. Ahead of the 2024 presidential election, the Fed has already projected a U.S. recession, defined by a contracting economy and negative GDP. Only increased production, private investment, and output can right the sinking ship. Biden's devastating economic agenda is a direct obstacle to all of this. If Biden is reelected, energy costs will continue to soar as a result of his forced transition of the U.S. economy away from fossil fuels, coal, and natural gas production. Americans can expect to find themselves even more financially vulnerable and desperate as they struggle to pay to heat and cool their homes and fill up their cars and trucks at the pump. Bans on incandescent light bulbs, set to go into effect in August of 2023, will be accompanied in the years that follow by bans on gas-powered vehicles and stoves. Life as you know it will be irreversibly altered, and not for the better. Americans will find themselves looking back fondly on the days of expensive energy costs as they are confronted instead with energy shortages, an inevitable consequence of the Biden administration's war on fossil fuel and natural gas. Energy rationing will ensue. The eradication of fossil fuels appears to be the one campaign promise Biden is determined to keep. As a Democratic presidential candidate in 2019, Biden took the hand of a 24-year-old climate activist and said, quote, kiddo, I want you to look at my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. Four more years of Biden will be unsustainable for the U.S. economy. Warnings of de-dollarization, the movement away from the global use of the U.S. dollar as the primary currency of exchange, will become a global economic reality. The move would devastate the U.S. economy and create a historic crisis as the United States could no longer afford to run or even maintain its large deficit spending. Our borrowing costs would skyrocket, and we'd have less access to capital. The stock market values would plummet, 
and Americans would rapidly see their investments and retirement savings plunge. The ticking time bomb of our ever-increasing national debt would finally explode, and any hope of a long-term strategy to address Washington's spending problem and minimize the inevitable suffering of the U.S. taxpayer would evaporate. But domestic economic destruction is only one guaranteed consequence of a second Biden term. The Biden administration isn't only an existential threat to the U.S. economy, it is also an existential threat to American national security. The world itself has become a much more dangerous place under the Biden administration. Even as China has expressed open hostility to the United States and even announced that war with the United States is inevitable, Biden has refused to decouple from China or acknowledge the threat the communist regime poses to the United States, both economically and militarily. China's invasion of Taiwan is not a matter of if, but when. Chinese President Xi Jinping has already mandated that China's military be capable of taking Taiwan by 2027. For the first time, the United States is facing not one, but two major nuclear powers, China and Russia. Iran may also soon become a nuclear power. Even after Russia invaded Ukraine, the Biden administration continued to allow Russia to act as the go-between for the United States in nuclear negotiations with Iran. Retired four-star U.S. General Jack Keane has warned that the United States is not prepared for a war with China. Quote, we do not have an effective military deterrence in the region. China has more ships, more planes, and more missiles than the United States has, Keene has said. Meanwhile, active four-star Air Force General Mike Minahan warned his commanders in a memo that armed combat between the U.S. and China could be possible as soon as 2025. Should China and the United States or Russia go to war, it's not even clear that European allies would support the United States, or even if they remain traditional allies. This is because the Biden administration has also driven our once reliable ally, Europe, into the bosom of China's Xi Jinping. The French President Emmanuel Macron met with the Chinese President in Beijing in May of 2023 where the two leaders agreed to develop a stronger economic relationship. Macron also suggested that Europe should reduce its dependence on the United States and not become, quote, America's followers. The delusional Biden may view himself as some great and respected world leader, but the only thing he's leading is U.S. allies away from us and into the hands of our greatest enemy, China. Biden can run on, quote, finishing the job, but the only job he's finishing is the end of U.S. dominance and the replacement of American leadership with that of the communist dictator Xi Jinping. While our enemies prepare their militaries for victory, Biden has prepared our own military for defeat. Our military, once the most feared and revered in the world, has been reduced to a woke parody under the Biden administration. Wokeness has replaced lethality as the measure of our military's success. 
The introduction of divisive CRT and DEI indoctrination in the military has subverted its mission, which not long ago was clearly defined as fighting and winning wars. Since Biden's inauguration, the U.S. Air Force has promoted a seminar on transgender visibility. The U.S. Military Academy at West Point has lectured young cadets on understanding whiteness and white rage. The Marine Corps has removed gender identifiers like sir and ma'am. The Space Force has ditched traditional yearly fitness tests. And virtually all military branches have adopted new plans to combat climate change. One might ask how any of these programs, seminars, and distractions make our military more prepared or focused to face the growing threats from China, Russia, Iran, and countless others. They don't, of course. A woke military is a weak military. The U.S. Army missed its 2022 recruiting goals by 25%. And most branches expected to fall short of their recruiting goals in 2023. Is it any surprise? In 2021, the U.S. Army ran a recruitment ad featuring an animated lesbian wedding and LGBTQ pride parade. While President Biden is arguably, if not indisputably, the single worst president in American history, Perhaps no singular failure encapsulates his failed presidency more more so than Biden's botched withdrawal from Afghanistan. On July 8, 2021, President Biden announced, quote, Our military mission in Afghanistan will conclude on August 31st, and claimed, quote, The drawdown is proceeding in a secure and orderly way, prioritizing the safety of our troops as they depart chaos ensued. Biden was then urged to extend the deadline in order to honor his commitment to evacuate all troops, embassy staff, and American citizens, but Biden ignored the advice and doubled down on his August 31st deadline. When the delusional Biden announced the withdrawal deadline, he claimed it was, quote, highly unlikely the Taliban would take control of Afghanistan. By August 16th, the Taliban had taken control of the country. On August 26th, two suicide bombers and gunmen killed 60 Afghans and 13 U.S. service members near the gates of Hamid Karzai International Airport in Kabul. So much for Biden's assurance that he was prioritizing the safety of our troops. Two days after the suicide bombing, the Pentagon announced that the U.S. had retaliated and killed two high-profile ISIS-K planners. This was after the Pentagon had initially announced that one target had been killed. The refusal of the Biden administration to name and identify the two terrorists killed in retaliation drew scrutiny. A month later, we learned why. The Biden administration was lying. A month after Biden proudly announced his own hands-on involvement in the decision to carry out the retaliatory drone strike against the ISIS-K planners, the Pentagon admitted that the drone strike had actually killed 10 innocent Afghans, including seven children. No terrorists had been killed. In April of 2023, John Kirby, the National Security Council spokesman, 
defended Biden's botched withdrawal as largely successful. In fact, Kirby claimed, quote, for all this talk of chaos, I just didn't see it. Desperate Afghans were photographed running alongside the departing U.S. aircraft, clinging to the wheels and falling to their deaths. And who can forget that Biden also left $7 billion in U.S. gear and military equipment behind, which the Taliban seized and then used to mock the United States in a series of propaganda videos. Wearing the U.S. gear and uniforms and showing off the $7 billion worth of U.S. military equipment in a military parade. This is the legacy of the Biden administration. A complete and utter failure, which lies, deceives, and takes no responsibility for either. Biden has done more for the Taliban than for Americans, and more for China than the United States of America. But Biden's creation of the circumstances that might lead to the frightening prospect of imminent nuclear war and World War III are only outdone by Biden's creation of dangerous and deadly circumstances at our own southern border. While war with China or Russia or Iran are still in the future, the crisis at the border is ongoing. While Americans are suffering, the Mexican cartels are prospering. Biden's termination of Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, and refusal to enforce existing immigration laws turned the illegal human smuggling trade into a multi-billion dollar industry. One ICE estimate found that prior to 2018, human smuggling generated approximately $500 million in revenue a year for smugglers. In 2021, revenue was estimated to have risen to $13 billion. Illegals are paying the drug cartels up to $6,000 to smuggle them across the border. More than 70,000 Americans are dying yearly from fentanyl-laced drugs, including roughly 30,000 people aged 15 to 34. The illegal and deadly opioid is pouring into the United States through Biden's open border, finding its way into our high schools and middle schools and into the bloodstreams of our children. Even the Democrat mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, has acknowledged the influx of illegals into the city is unsustainable. In October of 2022, Mayor Adams declared a state of emergency. City Councilman Joe Borelli noted that, quote, 17,400 migrants have entered the New York City since this spring, and the estimated price tag has ballooned to more than $1 billion. Even in a city with a budget of Switzerland, these figures are daunting. That was in October of 2022. The crisis has only become exponentially worse since. More than 6 million illegals invaded the United States during the first three years of the Biden administration. That's more than the entire populations of 33 individual U.S. states, more than Alabama, Maryland, Colorado, Louisiana, and Missouri, for example. If the addition of 17,400 illegals in New York City is unsustainable and comes with an estimated price tag of more than $1 billion, how about the impact of the more than 6 million people on city, state, and federal budgets? But according to Alejandro Mayorkas, Biden's Secretary of Homeland Security, the border is secure. The Biden-endorsed illegal invasion 
of the United States alone is an existential threat to the U.S. economy and the safety and security of the country. What's Biden's solution to solving the crisis he's created, in addition to denying it's taking place? Well, he'd simply make illegal immigration legal by allowing illegals to apply for asylum from their home countries or even as they make their journey on an app they can use in Mexico. Problem solved. The Biden administration has approved you. It's a mockery of the law and the English language. But we shouldn't be surprised. In the dark age of the Biden administration, words and definitions have little meaning. When reality contradicts the Democratic Party's agenda, the Democratic Party simply creates a new, alternate reality. For more than two centuries, a vaccine was defined as a product that stimulated a person's immune system to produce immunity to a specific disease. But suddenly, in 2021, the CDC and Merriam-Webster's Dictionary changed the definition of a vaccine to, quote, a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response against diseases. The new definition for a vaccine coincided with the admission that the COVID-19 vaccine, which had been sold as an injection that would prevent the contraction or spread of the COVID-19 virus, was entirely ineffective. Rather than admit they'd either been wrong, outright lied, or both, the CDC instead changed the definition of vaccine to continue calling the failed COVID-19 shots that which they were not, a vaccine. That wasn't science. It was anti-science. So too is Biden's war against women, an endorsement of gender theory, anti-science. Not merely anti-science, but amoral. A moral nation doesn't indoctrinate its children with critical race theory, nor does a moral nation indoctrinate its children with gender theory. The latter is yet another effort to manufacture a new victim class in America. The theory teaches that even children are victims of some malevolent social construct intended to oppress them. Gender theory is the false belief that there is a difference between sex and gender. The former is immutable, the latter is fluid. It's ironic. CRT asserts that American children cannot choose whether or not to be oppressors or victims. This is determined by one's skin color. But gender theorists proclaim that America's children can choose and alter their gender. These deranged proponents of gender theory argue that they are supporting the freedom of the individual to explore their identity and choose their gender like they're picking an ice cream flavor at the store. But in reality, gender theorists are depriving boys and girls and men and women of their purpose. In essence, by telling boys and girls that they can choose to become girls and boys, they are condemning our youth to a life of confusion, disappointment, and failure. In Washington state, a series of laws passed by Democrats permits children as young as 13 years old to seek gender-affirming care without parental consent. Gender-affirming care is, of course, gender-denying care. 13-year-olds can't vote, drive, buy alcohol or cigarettes, but they can make a life-altering decision to permanently destroy their genitalia and change their biological sex? 13-year-olds aren't even considered to be of legal working age, but Democrats want to legalize their ability to go to a doctor 
and get puberty blockers without parental consent. Castration, the physical removal of a man's testicles, was once a form of torture, a grotesque means of robbing a man not only of his genitalia, but of his identity itself, and condemning him to a life of humiliation. The same purpose behind our modern castration. Other forms of torture included removing one's tongue, fingers, ears, or eyes, all of which deprived the hostage of vital functions. These various mutilations were all forms of punishment. And yet the Democratic Party encourages the mutilation of even our children's genitalia and claims it is healthy. What once was condemned as torture is today condoned as gender-affirming care in the Democratic Party. What once was used as a form of harsh punishment is now encouraged as a form of care and compassion. Such is our new reality in the dark age of the left. President Biden even went so far as to insist that, quote, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. The President of the United States actually claimed that genital mutilation is safe and healthy. Cutting off a young boy's penis isn't gender-affirming. It's gender-denying. Dismembering a young child in a hospital is no different than dismembering a child in a dungeon. It's just as depraved, grotesque, and is still mutilation. Is it progressive to assert that the mutilation of one's genitalia, once considered torture, is suddenly a safe, healthy, and lauded practice today? Of course not. At a House hearing, Dr. Bhavik Kumar, a Planned Parenthood doctor, was asked if biological men can become pregnant. Kumar said, quote, men can have pregnancies and that, quote, somebody with a uterus may have the capability of becoming pregnant, whether they're a woman or a man. In other words, men and women can both have a uterus. How so? Well, in the world of the Democrats and Joe Biden, gender is fluid. A woman with a uterus is a man with a uterus, if the woman identifies as a man. But a human being cannot choose his or her gender. It is assigned in the womb and beyond our control. The upshot of all of this is a rapid descent into madness, the antithesis of American greatness. The creation of the United States of America itself represents a renaissance in human history. Our country represents the very pinnacle of human innovation, improvement, and excellence. America was born from the study and recognition of mankind's entire collective history and experience with failure, misery, and inequality. That is how special and progressive America is, the crown jewel of humanity. In less than four years, the Biden administration has done more to derail the successful American experiment than any foreign adversary could. If Biden and the Democratic Party aren't stopped, only the name America will survive. But all it represents will be dead. These are the stakes of the 2024 presidential election. And I'm back. I appreciate you listening to that particular chapter. That's what we're looking at right now. And it's amazing that Americans actually, (laughs) that any American goes along with this stuff. Choose your own gender, the open border, and so on and so forth. 
But all we have to do is embrace American exceptionalism. You know, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to go back to our founding principles. We have to embrace the Constitution. We have to reject these false assertions that, I mean, it's indoctrination that capitalism is the enemy and America sucks and so on and so forth. No, no, no. These commie bastards are ruining our country. And they represent, embrace, are implementing evil policies from evil ideologies that have proven to kill human beings and lead to mass pain and suffering. And it is the American experiment. It is what we are as people. It is our country and our founding documents and our history that represents the pinnacle of mankind's innovation in terms of politics, in terms of governing. And that's what we have to do. All right. God bless you all. Be with you soon. Until next time.